This is Paul Lam, and you're listening to the Path Hunters Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you unleash the beast from within so you can fearlessly pursue your own path and passion. Join me on this weekly journey filled with inspiring stories and actionable contents. Become a Path Hunter today. on fellow path hunters welcome to another episode of the path hunters podcast i definitely gotta catch you guys up on what's going on in my life here uh just to let you know that you guys um hang out in vietnam here and just getting connected with my family getting in touch with my roots and everything and i always like to say i'm the guinea pig to my own podcast here trying out new things and just living in this digital nomad lifestyle just going around having a balance between just having fun and being present in the moment and on top of that running a podcast and working on other projects at the same time um definitely not that easy for sure for sure but um well i'm just here today just to let you know that you know it is a challenge but it can be done um wi-fi is one of those essentials nowadays along with my toothbrush and just my shaver um yeah so it's it's definitely one of those tough things for sure um today's guest i have someone she calls herself a possibility hacker first female firefighter has graced the TEDx stage twice and is the host of the Yes Effect show Shelly Varela here we, we have um, I love enjoy like I really really enjoyed interviewing her it was just overall a great time just hearing her journey and her insights on how she became the first female firefighter her challenges and the things that she had to overcome um, I'm sure definitely you're gonna love this episode because I definitely enjoyed hearing this whole entire journey inspired me so much and uh, yeah definitely check this out here we go one and only Shelly Varela Ladies and gentlemen, Path Hunters, I have an awesome guest today, Shelly Varela in the house. How's it going, Shelly? Amazing. How are you, my friend? Good, good. Host of the Yes Effect podcast, possibility hacker, author, and speaker. First female firefighter. I am so excited to have you here today and definitely can't wait to dive deep in with you today as well. Uh, so, you know, I gave you a little bit of an intro here, but that we both know that doesn't do you any justice whatsoever. Um, how I'll let you take over and, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I am what I call a possibility hacker. And for me, that that looks like, you know, podcast host, fire captain, author, speaker, but um, but how I became a podcast or how I became a, a possibility hacker actually started, I realized, when I was eight years old. So our family had moved around a little bit and um, we moved to a new community. And I was always like a really, really shy kid. And um, I was so much smaller than the others. And I kept getting bullied at school. And I remember this particular day when we moved to a new school I remember the feeling of the brick scraping against my back on the outside of the schoolhouse. And when I opened my eyes, I'm looking at two of the biggest girls in the school who are taking turns punching me in the stomach. And I don't know if that was worse or looking past their shoulders and watching the teacher walk by, make eye contact with me and keep walking. So 
that was kind of my reality when I was a kid. And I always used to ask myself, like, why is it always me? Like, why does nobody like me? Why, why am I always the kid getting picked on? And so to cope with that as like a little person, I developed this amazing imagination and I would picture myself in all different kinds of scenarios. I would be, you know, like a ballet dancer or, you know, a drummer at like the world's best concert or, Mm. you know, I'd win the shootout for the uh, Canada U.S. women's gold medal hockey game or whatever. But it was how I coped and and it was how I depended on these skills and this imagination to um, to survive, essentially. And so, you know, as I as I grew up, um, you know, when I went into high school, my cool factor didn't exactly skyrocket, <laughs> but it was a little bit better at least. And um, and I got to the point where towards the end of high school, all of my friends had their next 20 years all mapped out. They knew the universities they were going to go to, how many kids they'd have, the jobs they'd land. But at this point, I had become an artist and I, I studied special effects makeup and film and um, writing and drawing and painting and that kind of stuff. So I didn't have a clear idea of what I wanted to do. And, and I was a pretty anxious kid, as I'm sure you can imagine. And so I'm looking for like, what's my thing going to be? And so I'm looking inside my lane or inside my label and I'm looking at artist kind of careers and nothing sit right. And then I started getting more anxious because I'm thinking like, what am I going to do with my life? Like I, nothing, nothing is really resonating with me and I'm on the clock now. I've got to figure this out. So, um, I happened to be hanging around with this guy who was, who was a firefighter at the time and he was going through a rough spot in his life. And so every week we'd, we'd hook up and we'd hang out and we'd, you know, have coffee or whatever. And I would just try to keep him talking for as long as I could about anything I could, because it was a tough, tough patch in his life. And the one thing that he could talk about forever was firefighting. And, um, so he would tell me stories of these dramatic rescues and, you know, amazing extrications. And I'm like, dude, this is your, this is your job. This is amazing. And, um, but I would have never known had I not been thrust into that so unusual situation that I had a natural mechanical aptitude because I was always looking for like art kind of things, which I loved and yeah. it was great. And then one day we we're driving across the street and we pull up next to this tractor trailer and it's got a dangerous goods label on the back of it. And I'm thinking to myself, I know what that means, but I didn't want to embarrass myself just in case I was wrong. So instead I asked him, hey, you know, Steve, what does that label mean? And he gave me an answer and I'm thinking, I don't think that's right, actually, because I'd been paying close attention and I was obsessed with everything he was teaching me. So I corrected him and he was only kind of half looking at it in the first place. But when I corrected him, he took a like a real look at it. And then he realized I was right. And he turns to me and he says, Shelly, why don't you just apply? And I had never thought of it like for, as absurd as that sounds now, because at the time there's no female firefighters. So long story short, I, um, I went home that day mm-hmm. and I said three words to myself that changed the way I do everything from that moment to this. And those words were, why not me? And when I said them, everything changed. It was like a light bulb went off. And then all of a sudden that imagination that I developed when I was a kid was in, you know, live and vivid color. I, I, all I would do is picture like, what's it going to be like when I get that phone call 
And what's it going to be like when I get my first call as a firefighter? And, and I, I knew what it felt like. I knew what it looked like. I knew what it tasted like, sounded like, smelled like. I knew who was around me. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's all I focused on. And to make the, the story, you know, less long and painful, it took me 1,162 days of um, beating my body up and then, you know, strengthening it and learning how to drive a truck and first aid and CPR and building instruction and rescue techniques and all of that kind of stuff. But I basically hacked my way there. But the thing is that people don't realize a lot of people will look at that big audacious goal and they'd say, they say to themselves, yeah, you know, I want to do that thing. But the first thing they do is look at logic and then they look at that goal compared to logic and think yeah. to themselves, is it probable that I get that? Is it possible? Like, what are the obstacles or challenges? And then they stop looking at that goal. But what what happened with me was because I had such a hyper-developed imagination, like, I could feel it. And I didn't have a choice. It, it No matter what it would have cost me to successfully become a firefighter, the cost of not doing it far outweighed the cost of, of enduring whatever I had to do, endure to get there. Mm-hmm. So what I realized was this had been a common path in my life. And I had used that exact framework to replicate that sort of success a number of times. I mm-hmm. used that same framework to, you know, become an author. I used that same framework to go from terrified to speaking on stage to delivering now two TEDx talks. And, um, and when I really sat down and look at, looked at what I'd done, I realized that I, that I in fact did have a framework and, and a process. So I, I kind of, I took some time and I delved into what exactly have I done? And I created a process that I now call the yes effect. And it's based on the four pillars of hacking possibility, which are alignment, courage, expertise, and community. So what I do now is I help uh, amazing badass women say yes to their own idea of greatness so that they don't have to live on autopilot. They can live on purpose. And, you know, I find that everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, a lot of people are pressing the snooze button on their life because they let logic get in the way. And I am living proof that your dreams are hackable and they can be achieved because the best thing about me is there's nothing special about me. I just figured out a system. But when I did, the, the world just kept saying yes again and again, which is why I called my podcast The Yes Effect. Mm. So if you have all these amazing possibilities and, and potential within you and it's burning and it's you just, you know, like you get lit up when you think about it, that, that possibility and, and that potential doesn't matter unless you ignite it with the word yes. So the yes, the yes effect is pivotal for me because yes is not just a word like like any other word. It's a living, breathing thing. It's a decision. It's an intention. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the only thing that will create that transformation in your life, but you have to align it with a process that will help you get to where you want to get. I love it. Wow. I was going to ask you actually, what is the yes effect? But there, there we go. You know, there it is. (laughs) There it is. There it is. (laughs) So, so, so it's funny because, you know, you gave amazing, I love that story. You know, high school and school actually in general is rough. So, 
don't mm. worry i'm in the same boat i resonate so much with that you know high school and stuff like that was always like that for me as well too um i'm always trying to fit in and trying to work really hard and then never really seem to get anywhere i was a c student i resonate so much i was getting bullied all the time it's awful high school is rough it is it is rough yeah i don't know like yeah and it's not it's not getting better with cyberbullying and and stuff like that too but i just um you know it's really important for me to i i always say like firefighting is the thing i will always be most proud of like there there are days when our crew shows up to work and somebody gets to go home at the end of the day because of that like there's nothing more important than that but it will not be the thing that i'm most known for like my job now is to lift people up and light the way and show them like there's a hero inside every single one of us just waiting for mm-hmm. you to say yes. I love it. I love it. That's so, so amazing. You gave so much value there. It was amazing because, you know, I get, I get it. I, I know that feeling when you um, when you really, really want something. Most people usually when they think about it logically, they all don't see um, how it's going to work, how it's going to get there. It's kind of like that analogy where, you know, you're supposed to head up to drive over to Los Angeles, but you can only see like about 20 feet ahead mm-hmm. of you. Right. It's kind of that deal. Right. But, you know, your destination. So you kind of have to visualize and even go to the extreme to to get out and and experience it and feel it and taste it. For me, it would happen in this April. Actually, I really wanted to be a digital nomad, so I even took the time to go out to South Korea, lived for two weeks like a regular, you know, nomad, sitting there in a cafe doing my work and everything, pretending I'm going to different places and everything. Literally, get out and immerse yourself into that feeling. I hundred percent feel you on that one. Well, yeah, and I think when people when people get a hold of that big audacious goal, they always lead with logic and you need to lead with possibility. You can land with logic. Like there's definitely a place for logic, Mm -hmm. but don't lead with it. Like once you've emotionally committed to that goal and you know, you, you can, you can really buy into it. Like positive emotion is the secret sauce to accomplishment. So once you know what it is and once you're committed to it and once, you know, once you can see it and feel it and taste it and smell it, you know, then you can apply the logic because you're all in. But, um, but I have this thing, I call it roots and wings. And it's kind of like if roots is your, uh, logical, you know, in your head thinking, practical, tactical kind of, um, vibe, then wings would be your, you know, creative visionary, um, artistic kind of side. Mm -hmm. And the sweet spot is right in the middle because you have to you have to leave room for magic. You have to let the universe meet you where you are. Mm-hmm. Because if you're too much in your head, it's um it can be a long and hard slog with all of the things you have to turn down or you think you have to turn down because logically you don't think you can achieve them. Like anybody who's ever accomplished anything amazing did so in spite of staggering odds and and crazy logic. Yeah. N- I love that because yeah yeah wow I love it value bounds from Shelly left and right <laughs> <laughs> loving it um, so let's just say if you've met someone who who you know consistently knows that they want to be somewhere they have a goal or they want to um, what's a really good example let's just say I want this person wants to have a tech startup but there's so many competition out there and everything but and everybody tells them no uh, you know it's already been done um, it's not going to work what would you tell them, what kind of advice would you give to this person well 
I think the first um, the first thing to to have a look at without the goal in mind, mm-hmm. just before you even get to like what are the things that light me up or what do I want to do, is you have to find your own alignment. Mm-hmm. So using myself as an example, um, I was looking in my lane. I was looking in my label, and my label was, "Oh, you're an artist." So I kept looking for things that you know it, it, I liked art, and, it, and art was great, and I still love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you need to. I'm obsessed with this question. Let me just back this up. I'm obsessed with the question. If you could do anything, like anything, forget about logic, what would you do? And everybody answers that question the same way. They look at their current set of skills, knowledge, and experience, and then they logically think of the job that sucks the least. And I say, (laughs) and I always say, but that, but that's not what I asked you if you could do anything. So it just speaks to people's, um, lack of dreaming yeah and and you know and really like society leave leans so heavily on logic and data so with respect to your question mm-hmm. i would say before you ever commit to the goal um the key is to find your alignment to okay. find your own truth to find your goal worth chasing oh, okay i get it so for example you know when i'm a 20 year old girl I might say, okay, you know, I'm going to be a firefighter. I don't care what it costs me in blood, sweat, money, time, or tears. I'm doing this. And I might be standing beside another 20-year-old girl who says, yeah, same for me. I'm going to do that thing. But the thing was, that was my truth. Mm -hmm. I wanted that job because I wanted to be hot in the summer, cold in the winter. I wanted to serve. I wanted to make a difference. Like my heart, it was my truth. Mm -hmm. But the girl next to me, might have just wanted it because it's a really cool job or or you get, you know, there's great perks or whatever. So when things start to get tough, that's when people start to fall away because they're not in alignment with what I call your goal worth chasing. Uh, okay. Because you're going to suffer for stuff. Yes. But it's like, is it worth it for you to suffer? And further to that, you know, if you're if you're trying to figure out, like, what is my goal worth chasing? I like to ask people what their currency is. And everyone says, oh, I want to make a million dollars, million dollars. Everyone wants to make a million dollars, right? But but nobody really wants the million dollars. They want what the million dollars will afford them. And that's when you find out what your true currency is. Mm. So if so say we we each had a million bucks in our in our bank account right now and we said, okay, Paul, you're gonna go spend yours. Shelly, you're gonna go spend yours. We would probably spend that million dollars differently. And there's no right or wrong answers, right? But for some people, their currency is affluence. They like to feel important and they like to feel special and and there's nothing wrong with that. For me, my currency is freedom, service, generosity, and, and stuff like that. So if you're looking at the very beginning, you have to identify like what actually lights you up because everybody is chasing the money and the money is not the path to your possible. That's not the answer. That's not the thing that's going to motivate you. It's not the money. So it's getting to the root of what is your currency? Like what lights you up and what is your goal worth chasing? Mm-hmm. So once you have your goal worth chasing, like inevitably there's going to be some stuff that comes up for you. <laughs> so when I decided I wanted to do a TED Talk, um, it hit me like a lightning bolt. And I, and, I, and I knew that I had a message that I wanted to share. And I knew that that message was going to serve people. And so when I when I declared, I'm going to do a TED Talk, I did so with my head. And I'm like, oh, crap, because I had forgotten <laughs> that I am deathly afraid of public speaking. And I don't mean run of the mill kind of regular fear of public speaking. I mean, terrified. 
So it settled on my bones really hard because uh, because of that fear. Mm-hmm. But but I knew that I wanted to do it. I knew it was my goal worth chasing, and I knew that it was worthy. And uh, and the next thing that came up for me was fear, and that will be the thing that comes up for everybody. But um, you need to find the fear beneath the fear, and you need to give yourself permission to fail brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you mean by that, though? Like, what do you? So, just just to just a little elaborate on that a little bit here. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, again, using myself as as an example, just yeah. for illustration purposes. So, yeah. I'm I'm going to do a TED talk, and I'm just I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> but yeah. I'm thinking, but but I I have this visceral physical reaction, like mm-hmm. like I want to throw up and like uh, like verge of tears, like because I'm so stressed. My because, life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I'm afraid of public speaking. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not actually possible because that's really, really intangible. There is something that's making me feel afraid when I think of public speaking. Mm -hmm. So fear, we're not usually afraid of the thing we're afraid of. We're afraid of what fear asks us to look at that we don't want to see. So I had to look at the, the ugly, vulnerable underbelly of that fear and for me, that looked like picturing myself on that stage and thinking, I'm not enough. Um, I'm not worthy of being here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no business being here. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a speaker at this point. I'm not, you know. Uh, and also, I have no performance skills, no voice training skills. Um, I don't know how to structure a TED Talk because they're a very specific format. So I had like six things that basically that I'm afraid of public speaking boiled down to. So getting back to when I, I was talking about roots and wings, I took all of those fears and I could essentially categorize them in one of those two areas. The roots, the root stuff is the practical, tactical, like skills based stuff The you know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, I don't know. I don't know how to structure a Ted talk. I don't know anything about performance. I don't know anything about voice. It's like, okay, well, let's look at that part. So I got a vocal coach. I got a performance coach and I got a TED coach. Okay, so that practical, tactical root stuff is looked after. And it's like, okay, now let's look at the wings stuff. And that's usually a little tougher because that's always emotionally based. So for me, it's like, well, I don't feel like I'm enough. I don't feel like I'm worthy to be there. And and what if my message is lame? So it was like a lot of insecurity. So I literally, I went and I talked to a counselor and I'm like, we need to figure this out because I am doing the TED talk. I just got to get, I just got to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just getting to the bottom of that. So I took something that was intangible, the I'm afraid of public speaking and made it tangible. And, and the, here's the funniest part. I love public speaking now. Like, (laughs) like I love it. I just love it. It's like, it's like the best drug. And, um, and yeah, it's, it was, it went all of the things that I was concerned about, none of them happened. Yeah. And it was one of the most amazing experiences. So try and keep me off a of stage now. But here's the thing. I could have let that be the thing. I could have let that be my truth. And it's like, oh, I'm afraid of public speaking. And then let that be my identity. And I think, you know, there, there are two areas that it's possible to get stuck. And one of them is, you know, trying to stay within your quote unquote label. Mm. And taking things on as your identity. So I wasn't afraid of public speaking. I was Shelly who has some things to work through so that I can speak in public. And I wasn't Shelly the artist. I was Shelly who is really great at art, 
but also have a bunch of other things that I'm interested in. So if you can just kind of think of them as like, like barnacles that you can slough off, they're not the core of who you are. They're not your identity. And that will kind of guide you in some way with respect to your truth, your alignment and where you should be and, and also how to get there. Mm-hmm. I'm so fascinated by this because your process is really, really um, clear cut, really, right? Like you knew that you had, you wanted to be a 10x speaker and get up and stage and, and, and now you love it. But your process of it, it's really, really amazing because you, you went out, you got sought out coaches. And then later on, you had to work internally with yourself and everything as well, too, right? So it's to me, I like, I have a similar process like that as well, too. But for me, it was basically redirecting the fear and then making it so painful that if I never ever ever did this I would regret it for the rest of my life that's mm-hmm. kind of like what I did. And then it's funny because you say that because for 2017 is actually one of my goals to be a TEDx speaker as well, too. And so, you know, possibly we can, uh, you know, share some insights on that later on. But, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've got I've got the world's best uh, TED coach, so I will be happy to pass her information on to you. She's amazing. Yes. Love it. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. And, you know, same as you, I have these fears and, 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 you know, these, you know, fears of stage fright and go on there and maybe you're not worthy and all that stuff. And, but I'm really, I really love how the process and it's so clear cut because for me, I feel like, um, this process, I keep talking about redirecting fear. And, uh, from, from, for one example, for my example is that I recently left my corporate nine to five job because I redirected that fear of me spending 40 years of my life working there, a job that I didn't love or didn't have any passion for and then you know by the end of it i just missed all the good years of my life that would mm-hmm. made it so so painful that i had to get up and say yes let's do this yes effect basically right just yes 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 let's do this get out let's let's focus on this and let's figure this out yeah and- well i'm actually right now working on a on both an online course as well as a membership program to to bring people through this process because i it just hurts my heart with how many amazing, brilliant people are, first of all, not living their truth. But like, as a society, we need that from people, we need people to be showing up with their whole heart and doing the thing that lights them up. Like we need the the beauty and the essence and the amazingness that comes from these people. And, and as long as people are getting stuck or being held up by this fear, mm-hmm. we're all missing out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I love there's a quote. I think the quote is by Pearl Fritz. And it says, fear is just excitement without the breath. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man, that's amazing. Um, dialing, we're going to shift gears a little bit. And I definitely want to dig deep and everything. So did you? Um, so have you ever had a, a moment where you're just at your, you know, rock bottom, you're like, you know, hey, um, you know, I, I'm here. Everything's not working out. I, I'm not sure what happened. What was your lowest point? Um, well, the first one that comes to, to mind was um, right after I said, yes, why not me? I'm going to be a firefighter. <laughs> um, I, I got slapped pretty hard. So I uh, they say ignorance is bliss and it is to a point. So my um, my hacking uh schedule was, okay, let's look at all of the um, skills, knowledge and experience of the job description of a firefighter. Mm -hmm. And I and I didn't have any of them, by the way, like I I was 108 pounds artist, like, like a manicurist, like I had nothing going for me. So I thought, okay, well, let's just chill out for a second and have a little lucky loo hoo at this. So I, um, 
I, you know, I, I basically plotted out, you know, all of these skills I need, like I said, learn how to drive a truck and building construction and how to use pump operations and all of that. kind. Of, there was like hundreds of things that I needed that I didn't have. But I thought to myself, well, none of this matters unless I can physically do the job. Like I, I can know all of this stuff, but unless I'm physically capable of passing that extraneous test, none of this uh, knowledge matters. So I thought, okay, well, you know, you can pay to go try the firefighter physical. So at the time, I'm a 10 kilometer, kilometer a day runner. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, it's going to be tough. Like it's it's going to be a really rough day, but I'm pretty sure I can get through it. Mm-hmm. And don't forget at this point, I'm like completely emotionally invested. Like I am yes. so jazzed. Like I know, I know the fire hall I want to work at because I, I have no idea how it works. I just think you kind of write the test, get hired, and then they put you with your buds. Um, by the way, that's not how it works. <laughs> so I go and I try this this physical and I got my ass handed to me. It was horrible. Like it was it was the oh, it was devastating. And I walked out of there, I left my dignity behind, and I went home and I bawled my eyes out for two days because it was the first time I'd felt that tap, that, you know, like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. And then I realized I was going to have to let go of that dream and go back to being a manicurist because there's there's no way, there is no way I can I can put my body through this. It's not going to be capable. First of all, I was I'm I'm only five foot two and I was 108 pounds and I'm thinking it's not going to happen. So I'm lying in bed day number two. I have not left bed. I haven't eaten. I'm just like lying there, just a pool of pity. And, uh, been there, done that. Yeah. And I was dev- like, it was devastated. So, so to your point, that was my low point because when you, when you emotionally invest in something mm-hmm. and then you get the feeling that you're going to have to let it go, mm-hmm. it's crushing. It is. But then what happened on the third day was I got pissed off and I called the university back and I said, yeah, so I'm going to need the stats for that entire physical. I need to know heights, weights, distances of everything that needs to be pushed, pulled, lifted, all of it. And then I built it in my backyard. And one of the tests required, uh, it's supposed to simulate pulling a, a, a fire hose full of water mm. and they're, they're really heavy. So the way they simulated this is all the whole test was done with a 40 pound weighted vest and five pounds on each ankle. And so they simulated this particular test by they had a wooden skid and they'd pile like almost 200 pounds on it. And you'd have to pull it 50 feet for time while waiting this, while wearing this 40 pound weighted vest and these ankle weights. So, uh, so I got a wooden skid and I hammered it together and I slid it back and forth on the asphalt in front of my house and it slid way too easily, so I, I hammered some carpet on the bottom for friction. Yeah. And then I piled on some cinder blocks, and it was too light. And then I had some old fire hose, the triple jacket fire hose with a big brass coupling, so I threw that on top, and it was still too light. And I'm thinking, damn it, like, I'm shy about 140 pounds. And I'm looking around going, like, <laughs> I, if you can picture it, I'm like this little waif of a kid yeah. in front of my house with this ungodly big wooden skid. I'm wearing this fishing vest that I <laughs> that I fill the pockets with lead shots and then duct tape them just to reinforce it because it was so heavy. Yeah. And now I'm looking for another 140 pounds. So I'm like, where am friend? I going to? I'm like, mom. <laughs> and that's how I did it. 
I would sit my mom on top of this skid, on top of cinder blocks and fire hose, yes. and she'd hold a stopwatch, and we, uh, she'd scream, go. And we mapped out 50 feet, and I wore two ruts in the asphalt in front of my house, and I failed at this again and again and again and again and again. There were days when I couldn't lift my arm to my mouth because I was just in such pain. I had to put my face to my hand if I wanted to eat. But... 1,162 days later, my phone rang, offering me the job to be my department's first female firefighter. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So there, so there is a way. Yeah. It's just when you're in alignment with your goal, the price that you have to pay, and it, it can be, be daunting, but it's always worth it. Like, have you ever, I don't know if you run, but if, you're ever, if you've ever been on a treadmill, you have some days that go great and some days that go not so great. And sometimes you're running and you look down and you're like, oh my gosh, like I've got to be almost done. Like I so don't want to be here. And you look down and, you, and you're expecting those 30 minutes to be almost finished. Mm-hmm. And you look down and you see two minutes and 28 seconds. Like what? <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> but then other days, like you're in a great mood and, you know, great stuff's going on. You either want some money or you have a great date or you just, and you're just happy. You're on that same treadmill doing the same number of steps. And you look down at that same counter and you're thinking, oh, you know, I'm probably approaching halfway. And you look down to watch the timer counting down the final seconds. And the only difference is your vibration and your emotions and where you choose to put your focus. Because I say you always find what you focus on and you always get what you're committed to. Mm -hmm. I do that every day. I, I actually run about 5K on the treadmill at the gym every single day. Um there are days you're right there are days where you're just like oh my gosh when is this going to be over and there are days where you just run and blast right through it and and you feel good and you you do another five you know okay if you can right so Mm -hmm. yeah um every day every day is like that um i love that story because it just shows that no matter how many times you know you know things or external factors or anything that may have stopped you but the fact is that you never stopped right and that was so that's so commendable i love that i love that and i honor that thank you so much for just telling that story it's just so beautiful just as oh no my pleasure wow (laughs) so you probably may have uh, said it already but i'm gonna ask this question anyways though but what was the highest you know moment your aha moment like oh my gosh i'm on a high this is great this is me I'm on fire, ignited, ready to go. Was that? <laughs> well, the first time was um, getting that phone call. And it was just, it was surreal because, you know, you picture it and you you envision what it's going to feel like. and But when it happens, oh, like you could have, you could have given me a million dollars. It would not have taken the place <laughs> of that phone call. Because, because you realize it's not just that you you have the thing you wanted, mm. but but you became the person you needed to become to accomplish that goal. And and that transformation was probably more valuable than getting the thing. And, you know, so I was the only girl in my fire department for about five years. 
And so I understood in the beginning, everyone, like everybody kept asking me about it because it was unusual. It was a, it was a novelty. And, and especially because I was still tiny, like I think I was 120 pounds then. It's like, woohoo, we've tipped the scales. <laughs> so, I was, I'm, you know, I'm not a big person, but um, so I, I could understand why at the beginning everybody was so interested in hearing what I did and, you know, what that was like. But then so many years later, like I'm, I'm a captain now. I've been doing this for a long time and the questions have not subsided. So I really had to have a look at like, what did I actually do? Because this, this interest that people have in, in, in this has not subsided and it's not gone away. So I really should, should have a look at the roots of, of how did this happen and, and how can it be replicated or can it be replicated? Mm-hmm. And the truth is it can in fact be replicated, but it, it all starts with your truth, your alignment, and knowing your own currency. Beautiful. It was just that. I just I love. I feel the energy from you, Shelley. I I love it, and it's just to me now because of talking to you. I feel like the possibilities literally endless. Like literally, it is though, endless. and that's the thing. And that's the that is the one thing I want people to know. It's like there is no limits to what you're capable of. You know, like there was um, an NBA player. I think the shortest NBA player was five foot eight. Oh, or I'm so upset that Lance Armstrong kind of went sideways because he was always my best, <laughs> my my best example. And, you know, I personally think that it was still a level playing field. It was just a different playing field. But the truth remains that he accomplished amazing things. And if as a little boy, like people don't don't remember that there was a day when Lance Armstrong did not know how to ride a bike. Yeah. And if at that time some he said to somebody, "Hey, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win the Tour de France. I'm gonna do it seven times. I'm gonna do it after conquering testicular cancer and whatever happened or didn't happen with his, you know, with you know the whole, you know, did he use performance enhancing drugs? It it doesn't take away from the fact that he was an unbelievably elite athlete. Um, but the point remaining, if when he was a little boy, he had shared that dream with somebody any logical mind would have you know patted him on the head and said oh that's great and then you know dismissed it Mm. yeah it's someone to me if you're studying all these amazing athletes and you know great people it's someone if you if you dig deep down it seems like it's always that one hyper focused obsession that you like you would have right for you you wanted to be a firefighter and you weren't gonna back down and you're definitely gonna you know you know, give it your all or die trying kind of deal, right? That's what it sounds like to me. Well, yeah, but I think it's, um, it's like I said, it's, it's deeper than that yeah. because it's, it's alignment. It's mm-hmm. that pursuit for me was my truth. Yes. And if you can find your truth, like you can't unring a bell and you can't make the truth untrue. Yeah. And if you can find what is true for you, that then try sense. standing in your way. Mm-hmm. Love it. Wow. Do you have a, a like morning routine that you do that sets you off into a good mindset or anything like that every day? It's something that's non-negotiable for you? I actually don't right now, although I am um, that is on my um, my to-do list to develop that because I for sure see the value of you know spending. I think what what I'm going to be doing in the new year, and uh, I probably should start it before the new year because I hate New Year's resolutions. But um, but I do. I want to spend the first little bit of my day stretching, like doing a bit of yoga, and uh, and some meditating, and just because I I do realize that your best ideas generally come to you 
early, early morning hours or for me just as I'm ready to fall asleep. So um, I think there's some gold in there. And and I'm not lost on the fact that it whispers to you quietly. Yeah. And if you decide to press the snooze button and roll over, then shame on you. (laughs) And so... I currently do not have a practice. Like I'm, I find it super hard to get out of bed. So, mm-hmm. um, I think I'm going to, um, to try to adopt something like that. Meditation helps. Um, I, I find that your you, you, the greatest ideas and everything comes to you when you're, when your mind is calm. So it's always in the morning. I, I have a meditation routine that I go through every day too as well. I, I'm, I'm a fidgety person, but I sit for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes in one spot and just focus on the breathing. Don't think of anything else and just calm the mind and being present. And then that helps you, uh, sets off the day in a really good note actually. Yeah. Well, I meditate. I just, you don't usually get up in the morning early to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) But uh, do you have anything that, um, you know, that you're grateful for lately in your life? Oh my gosh. Like I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful for opportunity. I'm grateful for community. I'm grateful for health and family and, you know, and I'm grateful that I'm blessed with that imagination, which, you know, it seemed like a curse what I was going through that time when I was, you know, so young and getting bullied so horribly. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that not all gifts come wrapped in a bow. Sometimes they, they show up as getting your ass kicked and you having to adapt and develop the ability to deal with challenging situations. And that in fact is the gift. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And what about anything that you're passionate about lately? Any projects or anything that you have going on? Yeah, so I'm, um, like I said, I'm working on this uh, this online course that we're going to be launching at the beginning of the year. And um, I think it's really going to be transformational for some people. Like, here's who it's it's for. It's for people who are seeking a solution, not an excuse. And it's for people who really are just want to get unstuck and, and want to on their last breath, look back and say, yeah, I did the thing I wanted to do. And I and I and I made the right choices and I got it done. Um, It's not for the people who, you know, are are willing to, you know, comparing it to my example to look at that fear and go, well, I'm afraid of public speaking, I can't do that and sit down. It's not for those people. But I think it's going to be very transformational for the people who it's for. So I'm super stoked about that. I'm super stoked about, you know, the community we're building and, um, and yeah, so we're going to have a membership site as well. So it'll be, uh, the online course and then that'll transition into the membership site because what I realized is I'm, (laughs) I've had some really crazy experiences, um, and really crazy experiences meeting different people being a person who pretty much always says yes. (laughs) And so when I was training for my TED talk, um, like I said, I had no performance uh, experience. I had no voice experience. So I trained with Roger Love, who's uh, he's like the the top vocal coach pretty much on the planet. He you know, he works with Gwen Stefani and John Mayer and, you know, you name it. So I think it would be cool to bring a person like that, like to go have another session with Roger Love and then tape it and bring that to my membership community and just say because. People think that um, that the voice is, you know, just specifically for singing or, you know, if you're not going to be a speaker, it doesn't matter. But it's what I've learned is it's amazing how um, when you use your voice in a certain way, people will either tune you out or listen to you. 
or I trained with this guy named Jean-Louis Rodrigue, who's one of the top physicality coaches. And he works with the U.S. Marines and he works with A-list Hollywood actors. And um, like when it comes to confidence and, and body posture and body language, it would be so amazing to bring a guy like Jean-Louis to the membership and say, hey, you know, it's like today we're talking about confidence and here's what, you know, body language means to your confidence. And same thing, like he would, he taught me some things. And uh, when I implemented them, I watched the difference in the way people treated me and reacted to me. And I'm like, why do they not teach this <laughs> stuff? Like, it's amazing. So to, to your question, I'm super excited about um, serving my community and really kind of making some amazing transformations for people. I'm excited. I'm excited to see that how, uh, how that unfolds for you and everything like that. And I'm I'm excited to see how that goes for you. It's fantastic. Wow. Um, I want to be really respectful of your time, and so I'm gonna. I have two more questions for you. You and got it. And before we get into that, uh, I want to let you know that you know. Thank you for coming onto the show today. Thank you for being vulnerable and just being so open. I honor that very much. And for doing what you do is truly inspiring and just you're impacting the world and your heart's there. It is aligned <laughs> and it's amazing. And again, just thank you for no, what you do. No, Paul, it's my pleasure, please. It's my <laughs> pleasure to be here. And so, you know, uh, where do you usually hang out or online, everything like that, where everybody and all my listeners can, uh, you know, follow you and see how your journey unfolds and everything? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm at uh, ShellyVarela.com and I'll spell that because my mother has a really wicked sense of humor. <laughs> it's um, S-H-E-L-L-I-V is Victor, A-R-E-L-A.com. And, um, and I've actually put a little something together for you guys. Uh, it's a mini mastermind on how to go from confusion to clarity and find your path to purpose. And you can find that at the yes effect show.com slash mini for mini mastermind. So the yes effect show.com slash mini. Yes. Love it. We're going to attach that into the show notes and everybody can follow that as well too. Love it. And uh, yeah, two final questions for you. So this show is called the path hunters podcast. When you hear the term path hunters, what comes to mind, Shelly? I want to say somebody who's searching for their truth and who's not afraid to take the journey to find it. Amazing. And so this last question here, uh, not necessarily, you know, you're homeless or anything like that, but let's just say you're in a busy street on the side of the road or something. And there's a lot of traffic, a lot of people going by and you have this cardboard sign or, you know, paper where you're able to write one message or one advice. To Got it. What would it be? <laughs> Everything is possible. Yes. <laughs> I have a tattoo. That's I have one tattoo and that's what it says. Everything is possible. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast, Shelly. It was a pleasure speaking to you. And, you know, I'm excited to see how your journey unfolds and possibly even bring you on again soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Have yourself a good one. Shelly Varela in the house. Yes, Effect podcast. It was an amazing hearing her story. Thank you so much, Shelly, for coming onto the podcast. It's truly inspiration. You know, I really love it. And, you know, I hope to have you on here again soon. Definitely amazing fellow path hunters. I hope you found some awesome insights in that. And remember, you can become a path hunter today.
I hope you guys enjoyed that. Remember to subscribe, share, and review. Thank you for taking the time for listening to this podcast. You can always find me at pathhunters.com. Stay awesome and know that you can become a path hunter today.